Welcome to the Sharing Life Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope that you were blessed by this message from Pastor Lawrence Romali. Father, we thank you for what you've done here this morning, Lord. I have a sense, Lord, you have just wet our appetites. And as we sit down to partake of what truly feeds us, Jesus said, I have food you know nothing of. Let the food come this morning, Lord. The word that this pastor has been bringing to this house is transforming people's lives. And that's not a statement of faith. That's a statement of fact. And I thank you, God, that it's working in my life. I don't ever want to stop, God, being transformed by your word. Continue, Lord. Continue. Let our ears be open and our hearts be rent, Lord. Ready to receive. Anoint his lips, Lord. Just as you have his heart, God. continue in this house in Jesus name and everybody said praise God today is part six in the series that we've had going on discernment and if you've missed some of it if you're visiting us you can catch up We're on podcasts, we're on Google Play, we're on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you go to, Alexa, (laughs) you can catch up on all the previous teachings, and they've built on each other. So this is the sixth week in this teaching, and I don't know how long it's going to go, but it's going, and it's... As Susan said, as Pastor Susan said, it's, it's been, we've seen fruit. We've seen fruit. And so it needs to be taught. And so we're, we're having fun. We're getting into it. We're having fun uh, teaching about I'm having fun learning. And as always, if you're teaching something, well, then God kind of says, all right, you get to learn twice as much. And, uh, and it's been good. So... We've been working off of Paul's prayer to the church in Philippi. It's in Philippians chapter 1. And so this is the prayer we've spoken every week over us. And so I prayed over you. Paul writes, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul prays for knowledge, for love with knowledge and discernment. Love with knowledge and discernment, leading to the ability to approve what is excellent, that we would make godly decisions. That we would not just receive what's good, but we would receive what's excellent. 
So we're learning how to discern. And to discern is to decide or to understand, to determine, to separate between what's good or beneficial and what's not. To discern is to determine what God has for us and what he doesn't. So it's not always just about what's good and bad. It's what God has for us and what he doesn't. And desiring what is excellent. And know this, that what God has for us is excellent. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel excellent. (laughs) We're learning how to live from our spirit man. Not our soul, which is our will, our emotions, our intellect, our imagination and memory, or our flesh. And some of you, it's been exciting, some of you have shared how you're working to learn to discern, how that's come into play in your life. And discernment, it comes from God, yes, It's from Holy Spirit, that's true, but we have to learn how to use it, how to grow it. God gave us muscles. He gave us endurance. He gave us ability to think. All that we receive, all that we receive, but we have to build it up. We have to grow it. And discernment's just like that. And in addition to growing it, in addition to developing it, we have to give discernment authority in our life. We have to give discernment authority. And I've asked you, consider how you make your decisions. We're all a little bit different in that. Last week I gave a picture of a committee meeting and, and I want to just give you that illustration again. Have, how many, have you, we've all been in a committee meeting, right? We've almost all been at a committee meeting. (laughs) Sometimes the one who's supposed to lead isn't really trained or prepared to lead. When that happens, another person who will often try and take on that authority. It doesn't belong to them, but there's a leadership void. And when there's a leadership void, someone who is a strong leader will jump in and take over, in effect, hijack the meeting. It's authority that doesn't belong to them that they take on. So imagine, I want you to imagine a decision has to be made. And all the interested parties are there. Your intellect, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your memory. Oh, and your flesh is there. And incidentally, your flesh brought coffee and donuts. Someone has to do that, right? This is a strong and powerful group. Oh, and your spirit man is there. So ask yourself, is your spirit man ready and prepared to lead? Does your spirit man have authority? Is your spirit man respected by the other members in that group? 
And if your spirit man speaks up and begins to lead the meeting, the others listen and follow. Can you hear the conversation? Intellect says, you know what I was thinking? Emotion says, I feel like we should do this. Imagination says, well, what if? And what about? And you know what could happen? And memory reminds you of what happened last time. And your will is tired of all this sitting around and discussing things and is eager to get out the door and do something. Anything. Let's just go do something. And your flesh is looking for a place to go have lunch and maybe take a nap. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Has your spirit man grown to be the leader that God designed him to be? Does he have the respect of the others? Is your spirit man a leader of leaders? Does he have the wisdom, the insight, the understanding, the discernment to lead this group in godliness? Or is your spirit man the one that just gets thrown under the bus when things go wrong? Like, hey, spirit man, go ask God why he let this happen. Spirit man, go ask God to change this quickly. Our soul is valuable and has been given to us by God. Our soul. It's valuable. It's given to us by God. But it's not to be in charge. Our spirit man, our spirit man's the one to lead. And it's our spirit man that is to live in submission to Holy Spirit and to lead and learn and follow the word of God. Before you were saved, it was your just your soul and your flesh at the meeting. Your spirit man was dead in its sin, in his sin. But when you surrendered yourself to Christ, he filled you with his spirit and made your spirit man alive again. You were born again. Suddenly you're under new management. There's new leadership in the house. That means things are going to be done differently. And I know that you understand this because some of you are encountering new management in your jobs. And you want to push back against it. Management is making changes. We don't understand why. Everything was just fine before. Or at least it looked that way. And then you have a choice. You either submit to the authority of the one in charge over you, or you live in rebellion. The mature person, the mature person, chooses to submit to the authority of the spirit. Hear that? The mature person chooses to submit to the authority of the spirit. This is a process. But it shouldn't be a long process. If it is, we end up being ineffective for the kingdom. 
In his book, The Discipline of Spiritual Discernment, Tim Challies writes, there are no Christians who are mature but undiscerning. Wow. Yeah, head shaking. <laughs> there are no Christians who are mature but undiscerning. So if you're going to be a mature Christian, you have to have discernment. Ouch. Challies writes that a lack of discernment is proof of spiritual immaturity. In Hebrews chapter 5, we read this. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Hear this. Solid food is for the mature, those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So being trained by constant practice does not sound like fun. No. It does not sound like fun. But it's good. Yes. It's good. We look back and we say, wow, I am so glad that I did that. Look at where I am today compared to where I was before. Right. Wow. And don't say that I can't do this because you can don't limit God to what he can do in your life. God has so much more for us. We have no idea. But we're often content to be immature. Think about that. We're content to be immature. We make excuses. We want his power. We want to walk in signs and wonders, but without discernment. But without discernment. And without discernment, we cannot. We cannot. We cannot be effective. And this passage says that we ought to be teachers by now. Verse 13 says, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. Those are hard words. So the first point that Chalice is making, is that lack of discernment is proof of spiritual immaturity. Lack of discernment is proof of spiritual immaturity. Chalice says that those who live with weak or no discernment are living with a childish faith rather than a childlike faith. Hear that? A childish faith rather than a childlike faith. There's a difference our level of maturity and discernment speaks to our level of development as children of God. Our level of maturity speaks to our level of development. So I want to give you an illustration. I would like 
August to come up here. Nah, I need I need August to come up here. Come on, come on, August. And I need Israel to come up here. Yeah, come on, come on, buddy. You can, you can bring your friend. Come on, August. Come on. Hi. Come on, Israel. I'm not going to make you do any tricks. But he can. August had to crawl up here. Soon, August will be walking. Right? And we will all see that, and we will all be able to acknowledge that. And if I asked this a couple of months ago, Kat would have had to carry him up here. And that would have been appropriate for his age. August is how old? A year. Because he's a year old. But Israel just bounded up here and, and those are big shoes <laughs> and because Israel can can listen he can hear he can walk up on his own he can bound up on his own it's appropriate for his age how old are you Israel 10 it's appropriate for his age if Israel crawled up here you would have thought there's something wrong if, if Israel's mom had to put Israel on her hip and carry him up here, you would have thought, there's a problem. There's a problem in Israel's development. Right? Right? Mmm, yum. <laughs> okay. As I hold him, it's rubbing off. Here, why don't you take it? You don't want him. There you go. Thank you so much. So we see in nine years, there's this big change in ability and in development. It's appropriate for August to be running around. You would think, wow, he's very advanced for a one-year-old. So he's moving himself around in a way that's appropriate for his age, his maturity. So we see, in the same way, in the spirit, what do we do? We grow. We mature. We develop. Someone who's saved for 30 years, shouldn't be on milk, shouldn't be crawling, shouldn't be in the same place that they are, they were 30 years ago when they were first saved, they shouldn't be in that same place in their development, in their spiritual development. If we are, something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. Second 
Challies writes that a lack of discernment is proof of backsliding. A lack of discernment reflects a faith that's diminishing rather than increasing. Rather than seeing evidence of growth, there's a return or a contentment with living as an infant. In the Hebrews passage we just looked at, we see that the writer says, about this we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. You've lost your enthusiasm, your excitement, your desire to grow. August, as he begins to walk, will begin by holding on to things and then walking by himself and then running and his mom won't be able to keep up with him. And it will just grow and grow and develop. And we should be doing the same thing spiritually. But those that are backsliding, well, they've regressed. They've gone backwards. You've backslidden rather than continued to grow. Do you have a relationship with God that just goes up and down and up and down? It's because there's little or no discernment. Little or no ability to distinguish good from evil. You're in the same place that you were 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Third, Challies writes that a lack of discernment is proof of spiritual death. Those who profess uh, faith in Jesus Christ cannot just live as a backslider. Eventually it becomes clear that they never believed in the first place. Their hearts are hard to the things of the Spirit. There is no growth, no development. And we live in a time where it's all the rage to be whatever you self-identify as. But we simply deceive ourselves when we claim to identify as having faith in Jesus, yet show no growth and bear no fruit. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32 speaks of this. In describing an unbeliever, Paul writes, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manners of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Ouch. There are things on that list that we probably wouldn't consider to be all that bad. And maybe are part of our lives. They're hard words about what a lack of discernment is. And in your defense... You probably haven't been taught. Come up, answer an altar call, sign a decision card, you're good. 
See you in heaven. It's just not so. So many of you, probably most of you, haven't been taught about discernment. But you're hearing it now. So let's get hungry for some solid food. Let's have some spiritual steak and grow in discernment. So let's look at what discernment is. Challies writes that first, discernment is proof of spiritual maturity. Solid food is for the mature. It comes with growth. It takes practice and time. And it must be intentionally pursued. Otherwise, you may find yourself a believer for 30 or 40 or 50 years who's still on milk, whose faith has barely grown, who's still following the same practices they did before they were saved. Discernment is, for, is proof of spiritual maturity. Second, discernment is proof of spiritual growth. Whereas a lack of discernment leads to backsliding, growing in discernment leads to growth. Jesus would regularly scold his disciples for their lack of understanding. They didn't understand what the kingdom was about. And at the same time, Jesus affirmed them. When the disciples asked Jesus why he spoke in parables, he said it was because his teachings were for those who belonged to him, those who had discernment. And he commended the disciples for their understanding or their discernment. And lastly, Chalice writes that discernment is proof of being spiritually alive. King Solomon said that God is the very source of discernment. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Try. Work at it. Build it up. Grow in it. It was funny, we picked up Carol A. the other day and drove her somewhere, and she was sharing about something, and as she's sharing, I said, oh, that's your, I don't know exactly how it went, but I said, oh, that's your intellect. <laughs> oh, that's your emotions. Oh, that's imagination. <laughs> Yeah, she jumped out of the car. We, first, first stoplight we came to. <laughs> but you start to recognize things. Wow. Wow, I'm letting my intellect run off, or I'm letting my emotions get hold of this and take charge, or I'm, I'm getting caught up in my imagination. We do that. We do that. It was natural for uh, for. Um, Israel when he was little to want to walk. It's natural for August to want to walk. He naturally begins to try and do that. God put that in them. It's natural that Christine wanted Israel to walk. What was she thinking? <laughs> and she celebrated when he did. 
She celebrated when he did. And Kat will celebrate, and she'll be excited. August is walking, even though it means she has to chase him around. And we'll see the evidence of that. But for now, she's content to carry him around places because that's appropriate for his age. We don't, as believers, want to have to be carried around everywhere. We're not toddlers. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Solid food is for the mature. Those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good for evil. Solid food. You can't feed solid food to a baby. Can't. Discernment. Trained by constant practice. Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Once it's revealed to me what is good and evil, why would I ever choose what's evil unless I'm immature and lacking discernment we know what's right we know what's wrong why do we choose what's wrong what's ungodly what's sin why unless we're immature lacking discernment And I want you to think about that. I want you to consider that. Where am I developmentally in my spirit? Am I still a baby? An infant? Am I a toddler? Am I walking in maturity? We want the meat. but we're not old enough to handle it. We're going to celebrate the Lord's table right now. So I want to ask you to come forward and gather around it. And you can each take the elements and we'll eat together. But as I'm talking, you can just One by one, get them. By taking the bread and the cup, we are communing, or we're just uh, demonstrating our oneness with Jesus. We're communing. We're demonstrating our oneness with Jesus. We're declaring, when we take communion, we're declaring... Jesus' place as Lord. If you're not willing to do that, if he's not Lord, don't take. It's okay. But consider that as you come forward. To consider what you're saying. You are making a statement, a declaration. Jesus is Lord of my life. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells us, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we live, with, if we live by the Spirit, 
let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, we keep up with him. I remember going for walks with my dad. And he's six foot five and had a long gait. And I would kind of like, I would walk and it would just be like trying to keep up and holding on to one finger as a little kid. And that's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has a big, long gait. And we're like, wow, and we're holding on. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If positionally we belong to Holy Spirit, then we have to be sure to walk it out. To live it out. I cannot claim to be Spirit-filled. Hear this. I cannot claim to be Spirit-filled and yet be a control freak. Either the Spirit is in control or He isn't. I cannot give myself over to fear and claim to walk in faith. I cannot claim to have the mind of Christ while making my own decisions with my own intellectual abilities or trusting my imagination. I cannot claim to do all things through Christ who gives me strength while striving and willing myself to do what I need. It doesn't go that way. So we speak one thing with our mouth and we do another thing in our lives. We all do that. And it's time to put that to death. And if we do that as a church, watch out. Watch out. Because today's church, the modern church, walks in weakness and in spiritual immaturity. It shouldn't be. We have the Spirit of God in us. We need to give him authority. We need to walk it out and not just give it lip service. I cannot claim that Jesus is Lord and walk in disobedience. Because if I'm disobedient, then someone or something else is Lord. So if Jesus is Lord, then his spirit is in charge of everything. Everything. And if that is your proclamation over your life, that Jesus is Lord, then we take of the bread and the cup. It's more than symbolic. It's a spiritual act, a proclamation, a commitment to grow in the spirit, to know him and to grow with him. To know him and to grow with him. And if that's your desire, if that's your hope to grow, to become mature, eating of the meat of this word, of his word, and not living on milk, if that's your desire, then let's eat and drink together. Pastor Susan, would you close us in prayer, please? Father God, we thank you for an amazing time with you this morning, Lord. 
And God, just as you've, as you've stirred and worked in our hearts this morning, God, I pray we won't let this good time stop. I pray each one will go forth today desiring more of you, God. I pray each one of us will find ourselves stirring ourselves up. Yes, Jesus. Coming before you for encouragement for the day. Setting other things aside, Lord, to let you be first. Laying down our mind, our will, our emotion, our imagination, God. And taking your hand to walk in the newness of life that Christ died for us to walk in, Lord. That you sent your Holy Spirit to guide us in, Lord. That life that, you hear me say it all the time, church, that has exceedingly and abundantly more for us, far beyond our wildest dreams. That life. And those dreams, they come from him, not from our imagination, not even from our godly neighbors. They come from him. Lord, may we shut down everything that speaks against you that's within us. So our ears open to hear you, your voice, your direction alone. Jesus didn't take his counsel from Peter. He didn't take his counsel from Matthew. He didn't even take his counsel from the beloved John. He took it from the Father. And Lord, may we take our counsel from the Father through the loving power of his Holy Spirit alive in us. Let that union, that vertical union, be strong and mighty in us as it leads us forward in maturity because the mature will run out and transform the world. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this morning. We believe for a mighty army, God, a mighty army coming out of this house. Thank you for listening. Sharing Life Ministries is located at the Life Center, 48 West 2nd Avenue, Ridgely, West Virginia, or follow us on Facebook.